Mark, the second chapter, starting in verse 23 and continuing through chapter 3, verse 6. Jesus went through the wheat fields on the Sabbath. As the disciples made their way, they were picking the heads of wheat. The Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the Sabbath law? He said to them, Haven't you ever read what David did when he was in need, when he and those with him were hungry? During the time when Abiathar was high priest, David went into God's house and ate the bread of the presence, which only the priests were allowed to eat. He also gave bread to those who were with him. Then he said the Sabbath was created for humans. Humans weren't created for the Sabbath. This is why the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Jesus returned to the synagogue. A man with a withered hand was there, wanting to bring charges against Jesus. They were watching Jesus closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. He said to the man with the withered hand, Step up to where people can see you. Then he said to them, Is it legal on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? to save life, or to kill. But they said nothing. Looking around at them with anger, deeply grieved at their unyielding hearts, he said to them, stretch out your hand. So he did, and his hand was made healthy. At that, the Pharisees got together with the supporters of Herod to plan how to destroy Jesus. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the TV comedy Parks and Recreation, two characters named Tom and Donna came up with a special day that turned into an annual episode. They called it Treat Yourself. On Treat Yourself Day, it was an homage to doing whatever makes you happy. There was no saying no. If one of them said, let's get a limo and drive through McDonald's, the other would say, treat yourself. If another said, I'm going to buy an all-leather suit, the other would say, treat yourself. It was a funny episode every year, and it was made more outlandish because the amount that these mid-level city government workers were spending in one day was probably higher than their annual salary. In some ways, treating yourself is a vision for what we have of the good life. I'd be able to do whatever I want to do. In some ways, the Sabbath and practicing it are supposed to be restorative to you. There is an element of treating yourself, of resting and beauty and joy. It's almost like when we discover the joy of Sabbath rest that we rediscover or maybe realize for the first time that God doesn't hate fun, that God made joy and delight and would like us to participate in them. Thus, Jesus really upset the Pharisees continually. They did not think that participation in God's ways was supposed to be fun. Holy? Yes, indeed. And the problem was that Jesus was not holy enough. So when we read the passage from Mark today, it appears like the Pharisees are staked out for an ambush spying on Jesus. You can almost picture them with their little spyglass and notebook, ready to pounce for any violation of the law. And almost all of Jesus' violations that the Pharisees found happened on the Sabbath. 
So Jesus is walking along, and his disciples are picking off the heads of wheat as they walk through the field. This action of gleaning from a field was not a problem in the law. The problem is that it was happening on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees interpreted the command of the Sabbath to mean that one should not harvest on the Sabbath. Jesus cites David eating from the bread of the presence in the tabernacle, the holy of holies. This bread alone was for the high priest, yet David shared it with his whole army. And then Jesus comes to the heart of this teaching. I believe he is answering this question. Who is the Sabbath for? And his answer is this. The Sabbath is for humans. It's for people. It was created for us. Jesus wants the Pharisees to see that Sabbath's purpose is not to be another set of rules and regulations. Its purpose is always for humanity. So yes, it should be against the law to harvest grain on the Sabbath, especially because the people employed the har to harvest would be the servants and the working class. This is what the Pharisees had forgotten, though. The Sabbath is for humans. Now, I really don't know anyone who is a Pharisee about the Sabbath, Rather, I think most of us have forgotten that the Sabbath is a gift for us. We are not made for the Sabbath. No, no, the Sabbath is made for us. But if we stop right there, then Sabbath just seems like another tool, another option for what is popularly titled self-care. Donna and Tom's Treat Yourself Spa and Shopping Days were pictures of this mindset of self-care. I decided to search the holy grail of things this week, to learn what culture told me self-care products are. So I typed self-care into Amazon, and I discovered quickly that apparently self-care is something only women need. There was only one item that wasn't pastel-colored or gold out of the hundred or so on page one. This showed me some of the problem of the idea of Sabbath as self-care, not just that it doesn't appeal at all to men, but that the Sabbath is not just a day to get a foot scrub and write in a journal. It's not just a day to get your feelings in line so that you can conquer another work week. The Sabbath is more than just the fuel you need for the rest of the week. A lot has been written in the business world lately and productivity spaces about the need for rest for employees. The rationale always, from a business perspective, is that it makes them more productive. But remember, the Sabbath is not about your productivity. It is ceasing from being under Pharaoh's brick-making empire. Likewise, when I searched for books on Amazon about self-care, I saw titles come up quickly, including one called It's All About Me, and essentially branded books and journals for particular life stages and professions. It was like an updated and repackaged version of Chicken Soup for the Soul from the late 90s. Part of the Christian faith that is critical is that it's not all about you. That is not a demeaning statement. It is a freeing one. We are part of something much bigger. Matthew Sleeth writes, the Sabbath is not part of a trendy self-help program. It is part of heaven and a glimpse of God. Friends, we are part of the body of Christ, and we are invited into God's kingdom. As Christian people, we can and should participate in mindfulness and meditation. We should make sure that we have time for self-care, but those things alone will not cut it. They don't provide the grounding we need in anything other than self-love. Now hear me, we should love ourselves. I mean, we remember the commandment, Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
And many of us grew up with so much browbeating and terrible self-talk that we've had to live with our entire lives. So we should love ourselves. But as we come to know ourselves more as Christian people, it should draw us nearer to the heart of God. And this draws us to our next question. What is the Sabbath for? We know who it's for. It's for humans. The next story of Jesus and the Sabbath points to what the Sabbath's purpose is. It's a Sabbath again in our story, maybe the same day, and the Pharisees are watching Jesus closely. A man with a withered hand was there in the synagogue that day. In a society where most people worked with their hands, a withered hand was a ticket to having to beg for food. Jesus' question of the Pharisees gets to the heart about the question of Sabbath's purpose. Is it legal on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill? Now, there were parameters within the Sabbath law code that did have exceptions, specifically exceptions around saving life, delivering babies, and emergencies. Some things didn't wait for a a work day. But this man with the withered hand before Jesus did not have a life-threatening emergency. He could have been healed on another day that week. But Jesus is not concerned about that. The opportunity was there to do good and give life on this Sabbath day. And Jesus doesn't technically do any work. He just simply tells the man to stretch out his hand, and he was healed. If we walk with Jesus through the Gospels, we see that Jesus does a lot of healing on the Sabbath. And when Jesus heals, he is restoring the Sabbath to its original intent. It is never against the law, he is saying, to feed the hungry. It is never against the law to restore someone back to life and health and wholeness. In Leviticus 25, we read about how the concept of Sabbath extended for the Israelites beyond this one day and into a practice that defined their entire economy, an entire way of life. Every seven years, they were to allow the land to rest and to lie fallow. They were to allow the entire land to rest and to breathe, something inconceivable in our modern economy. But then after every seven sets of seven years, every 50 years, there was to be what was called the year of Jubilee. And in the year of Jubilee, there was to be a complete freedom for all slaves and workers, a complete forgiveness of debts, and a return to the land back to the people. Jubilee showed God's kingdom values. Sabbath infused their economy. The Sabbath is not just a day off, a day to recharge our batteries. The Sabbath is a day, according to Abraham Heschel, to share in what is eternal in time. In other words, heaven and earth meet and find one another on earth in Sabbath. Heschel writes, the Sabbath and eternity are one or of the same essence. Unless one learns how to relish the taste of Sabbath while still in this world, unless one is initiated in the appreciation of eternal life, one will be unable to enjoy the taste of eternity in the world to come. Hmm. Heschel makes a deep point here. We have the opportunity to participate in eternity in this life. That opportunity is Sabbath. For in Sabbath, we participate in God's time. We rely upon God in God's economy, and we are given the gifts of holiness and rest. Sometimes as Christian people, we so longingly pine for the next 
life. This in and of itself is not bad. Being in God's presence eternally will be magnificent beyond compare. But friends, we are given the gift of Sabbath as the way we participate in God's world now. When writing about Sabbath in a piece called Sabbath Resistance, preacher and author Barbara Brown Taylor wrote, With sundown on the Sabbath, I stopped seeing the dust balls, the bills, and the laundry. They were still there, but they had lost their power over me. One day each week I lived as if all my work were done. I lived as if the kingdom had come, and when I did, the kingdom came, for 25 hours at least. Now when I know Sabbath is near, I can feel the anticipation bubbling up inside of me. Sabbath is no longer a good idea or even a spiritual discipline for me. It is an experience of divine love that swamps both body and soul. It is the weekly practice of eternal life. She said, I lived as if the kingdom had come, and when I did, the kingdom came. That is powerful. That is what we're talking about when we talk about keeping the Sabbath, an invitation into eternity. This is so much bigger than just not doing things on the Sabbath. It is a participation in God's kingdom. The more I think about this and read about it and picture it, the more I want it. The more I want to make sure that Sabbath becomes more than a good idea in my spiritual toolbox and instead becomes a deep and real experience of God's kingdom, one that I never want to live without. The Sabbath is for humans. It's for us. But in many ways, the Sabbath runs counter to our culture's idea of treating yourself. On Sabbath, we don't forget the relationships we have. We foster them. On Sabbath, we don't forget the poor and those in need. We serve them. Sabbath is a demonstration of God's dream for the world and God's kingdom. It is our participation in that world. You are invited by God into the realm of eternity, where there is always enough for everyone, where time is a gift to be treasured, not a resource to be manipulated, where healing and wholeness are first priority. You are invited to Sabbath. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.